This is Pastor Lars here from Lord of Grace. Welcome back. I'm going to start today with a series of devotions on the Psalms. I thought it was a fitting book to go through as the Psalms deal with a lot of the problems that we deal with, and a lot of them are expressions from the heart of people's struggles in life and their struggles in faith. And so I thought it'd be just kind of a fun thing to reflect on, walk through it a bit uh, from the beginning to the end, but I'll openly say we're not going to do every psalm, and we're not going to do all of every psalm because some of them are very long. But I thought they'd be some good reflections for us in this time to walk along with the scriptures, struggle with the scriptures, and struggle with the things that they've struggled with and simply spend some time in this. So I'm going to be doing a series of these. Today, I'm going to start with Psalm 2. Why Psalm 2? Because I already did a talk on Psalm 1. So I'm going to start with Psalm 2. Uh, get out your Bibles. And this one, we're going, to do the whole, we're going to read through the whole Psalm, and then I'll share some thoughts on this. So Psalm 2, it has a little heading. It says, God's anointed is established as ruler over the nations. So it says, Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds asunder and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And that's Psalm 2. So a little bit of a background here. I'll give you the two-second background. God's anointed. An anointed, anointing was how one became king. So whenever you read the Psalms and you hear it say God's anointed, they're saying the one God has chosen for king. Oftentimes, that means King David himself or one of King David's descendants. So any king who comes after David in that line is chosen by God and is God's anointing. What is anointing? Anointing is where the prophet would take out a gigantic jug of oil, probably with lots of perfume, so it would be very expensive, and would take that jug and just dump it over the head of the person who is going to be king. That's how God chose Saul, uh, and then David after him. And then after that, the word anointed became the word for the one God has chosen. If you want to jump ahead a little bit to the New Testament, God's anointed, the word now in Greek, which is the language of the New Testament, the word used for anointed is Christos. So Jesus Christ is Jesus the anointed one. Jesus, God's chosen one. So this is the notion of, the, uh, of anointing, and it goes way back in the Bible. And so the Psalms are singing here. They're singing about God's anointed one. So whoever this king is that the psalmist is singing to, and you have to imagine all the Psalms being set to music of some sort and different instruments, and you'd have the people around 
And so they sing. But what's interesting about the Psalms is not every Psalm is a song about how great the king is, or how great the kingdom is. A lot of the Psalms really come from a place of pain and struggle, even for the kings, a place of pain and struggle. So you get a question, why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? So they're talking about this notion of conspiracy. In the Psalms, that's a huge notion. This idea that there are all sorts of people and nations and governments all plotting to get the people of Israel. And it makes sense in a way because Israel's a very small country, usually surrounded by very big and powerful ones. Their existence was always very precarious. So the notion that they were living in sort of a constant state of worry or anxiety about all these other countries around and what they were going to do, you'll see that all through the Psalms. But the nations are conspiring. Everyone's conspiring against them. You know, this is a problem that we still have today. The belief that everybody is conspiring to get me or conspiring to get my uh, particular group. And so we become very prone to weird conspiracy ideas. And once you start believing that there are people out there out to get you, you become very susceptible to weird ideas that don't have any basis in fact. But, so here we go back to the Psalms. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. So there's alliances forming. There are other kings actually getting to the point where they're getting together to try to figure out how to knock off David, how to take him out, because Israel's rising, it's becoming stronger, and they're trying to take us out. And so, what do they do? How does, what is the response of the psalmist? He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. So what is God doing? God's sitting there laughing at them. Instead of being freaked out by them, instead of being worried by them, instead of being anxious by them, God just laughs. Your power isn't what you think it is. All those kings that they think they can do these things, they can't do anything without me. They have no power without me. And so I can, I can take away and stop them. They can plot and conspire all they want because I, the Lord God, sit above all of them and they all answer to me. And that's when it says, he will speak to them in his wrath. He'll speak to those kings in his wrath and he will say, I have set my king on Zion. I have set my king above. So I will laugh at you because I put my king there and he's going to win because I'm behind him. This is what the psalm is saying. Yes, we live in a time when there are powers around us that have agendas that aren't necessarily on our side or friendly to us. But in the midst of all that, God laughs at those powers because to God, those powers are nothing. No matter how much they may be strong and they may fear us and we may have legitimate need to be concerned, God laughs at them. God doesn't give them that level of respect. God just laughs at them, which is kind of an insult to somebody in power. You don't laugh at somebody in power. That's insulting their power. But God just laughs at them anyways. 
And so that's when, it, that's when it says today, as you go down to verse 7, he said to me, you are my son, and today I have begotten you. That verse was picked up by the early Christian church to talk about Jesus. You're my son, and I've begotten you. And that language was used later to describe Jesus. But the rabbis will tell you that what, they, what this verse is about is that this is just about whoever is in King David's position. This is whoever is the king. That I, the Lord, made you the king. You are the king because I put you there. And I will give you the power to break the power of these people, these other powers that are conspiring against you. So Psalm 2. Uh, so there we have it. A psalm where the people are worried about threats from abroad, and God laughs at those threats and reminds his people that he is ultimately in control, and his chosen king, the one he has chosen, the one he has anointed, the one he has begotten, that one is going to be the one who is going to make all those powers nothing. So it's a psalm of reassurance of God's lordship over everything. And so, that's Psalm 2. So thanks for tuning in today, everyone. Uh, some things to think about, maybe as you go about this, and some things for reflection. And some weeks I'll probably have some really good reflections, and some weeks uh, maybe not as much. But this week, I think maybe take some time to think about what are the threats that you are worried about? What are the things that we perceive as conspiracies? And do we give them more power? Uh, do, we t do, do we really, are we giving them more power than they really deserve and that they really have? Uh, because we're not sitting back and putting our trust in the Lord. So there's some thoughts for the week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great week.